there. Welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. And, oh dear, Tottenham do it to us every year, don't they? A good start, a good start, bang. Terrible result. And I was furious yesterday. I was on Eugene's channel yesterday, face like thunder. Uh, but now I'm a bit more happy. Well, not happy, but I'm more looking forward to the Chelsea game. Can we bounce back against them? Uh, three wonderful guests, as usual, that I have. Brad, who's been on here before. How are you doing, Brad? How are you doing? Good, thanks. I'm on holiday this week, so uh, yeah. yeah. Quite relaxed. <laughs> and you're starting a YouTube channel, a music channel, aren't you? Well, I hope to, yeah. I, I'm, this week I'm actually recording or, or video recording some songs, my own songs, and then once I've worked out how to edit and uh, upload and, and do things like uh, thumbnails and that, I'll uh, be, be putting it on. So uh, hopefully, Excellent. hopefully in the next, certainly in the next two or three weeks. Excellent. Uh, Adam's back again after a holiday. As well. Hello. How are you doing? Yes, I'm good. Was also very grumpy on Saturday. <laughs> uh, <you're not laughs> a poor performance. Yeah. <laughs> and then well, welcome back to the podcast, Mr. K. How are you doing? No, good evening to you guys. Good evening. It's nice to be welcomed back here. Unfortunately, I think, yeah, we have all recovered. I think it looks like it. I can see everyone's faces. Yeah. It seems like we're recovering quite well. Um, yeah. I, I wonder how the, how the viewing audience has been, been recovering this. A drink or two. Take a walk in the park. Yeah, I mean, well, I've done the, first, I've done the latter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, going off topic a little bit, pe people say that men can't multitask, but those people are people who have never seen Mr. K on a podcast doing uh, decorating and a podcast at the same time. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Um, you'd, you'd already gone, but he was cooking as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Men can't multitask. Mr. K can. Every other man can't. Um, yeah, uh, we're talking about the Palace game and looking at, uh, slightly forward to the Chelsea and uh, Wren game. Uh, but before you go, oh, sorry, I forgot, Mr. K. You have a YouTube channel as well, Talk 2K on YouTube. Uh, yeah, it's on Tuesday nights on um, with, uh, Will Stewart's THFC rant channel, um, 11 o'clock um, GMT every Tuesday. We um, th th there's, no, there's no fixed stuff that I do on it. I just generally, it's the viewing audience that talks to me. So whatever they're thinking about at that time. Excellent. Uh, that link will be on the description here. And if you're listening to the audio-only podcast, it'll be on that description as well. Uh, obviously, like that channel, subscribe to that channel. Uh, and likewise, <coughs> hit, hit those likes, hit the notification bell and subscribe. Uh, it all helps the channel grow and very much appreciated. But uh, let's get to it. Uh, Brad, what on earth happened? Uh, top of the league, no goals conceded. Now we're on zero goal difference. Uh, one of the worst performances I can remember. I, 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 I mean, we'll come to the Nuno part soon, but I think for me it was the worst performance I've ever seen pretty much for a long, long time just because he didn't change anything right from the start right to the end. But, I mean, what do you put it down to that I mean, what happened? <laughs> Why were we so awful? I think to start he got it totally wrong with the team he selected. Uh, selecting three defensive midfielders was, uh, considering that the three midfielders that have, have got us the first three wins, albeit only by the odd goal, and they're all available. Now, we don't know how, how fit Skip was, but he was available. And why didn't start with that team? And, and then replace the players with, say, like for like. So you replace uh, Bergwijn with, with Lucas. And Son, you could argue, you replace him with, with uh, Hill. Uh, that sort of thing, but he didn't. He went with the three really defensive midfielders. I was watching someone yesterday, <clears> and <throat> the idea was that 
they would control the midfield and the two uh, attacking fullbacks would get forward and they would be the attacking option. But that obviously didn't happen because we were totally slaughtered in the midfield. We never had control at all. And that meant that our defence was under pressure. And I thought the defence actually, up until the sending off, coped pretty well. They were sort of getting in there, blocking. And, and you know, I think the defended actually pretty good considering. And, of course, the forwards didn't have a, have a thing. I think Kane, uh, no, he didn't have service, but I thought he was pretty awful. Now, I'm not I'm not for one minute saying, oh, no, it's, it's because he didn't get his move, he was sulking. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was to do the fact that he literally got battered against Poland and maybe that was sort of, you know, maybe that slowed him down a little bit. Uh, but they all played poorly. And then you're right, when we go 1-0 down, I mean, when the sending off happens, then you think, OK, we've got half an hour to survive, we can defend, uh, and then we can, a draw's a good result in that particular instance. But when we go 1-0 down, well, then you've got to score. And then what do you do to score? You bring on players that are likely to increase your possibilities of scoring. But he didn't <clears throat> make any changes at all. And, I, you know, it's beyond me, absolutely beyond me. But let's put it down to a blip. Uh, let's hope it's... He, and I'll say we because we don't play the game, but let's hope that they learn from it and 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 get it right for well starting with uh, uh, Rens on on Thursday and then obviously a very big game Chelsea on Sunday, which actually could be the right sort of game to play after that performance. Well, you mean that we're the uh, underdogs there rather than our game? We're yeah, to win no, I, I think totally, well. totally. I'm still worried about it. Don't get me wrong. Chelsea are a <laughs> side, and and uh, if you offer me a draw now, I'd probably take it. But uh, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, it, it's it's that, that sort of game where being the underdogs, there's no well, there is pressure because it's a London derby, but the pressure of having to win is not as great as say when you you go to Palace or you play Watford or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, Adam, uh, what did you make of the game? Obviously, uh, I got a text message from you with some very choice language, so I've got a fair <laughs> idea of what you thought of the game. But, I mean, you know with Tottenham generally, it's been the same for about four years now, that the first mm-hmm. 10 minutes dictate what kind of Tottenham you're going to get. And that was terrible after about the first minute. I mean, what do you put mm-hmm. it down to, the whole complete negative way of playing and the, the dreadful performance? Yeah, it was just a, a bad day for Tottenham all round. Um, I don't necessarily blame Nuno for the, the team he picked. I mean, he, he, he had a lot of injuries, had a lot of players absent. What I do blame him for is not changing it up where, when it was obviously not working. At half-time, we were so lucky to go into half-time nil-nil. He should have changed it up. Um, and I, I think he should have played Gil uh, with Lucas Moura, Ali, um, Kane was the two holding midf- midfielders and, and the back four, um, j- just to give our attackers a chance to, to to maybe create something or do something. Crystal Palace were coming forward with 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 no um, uh, with, with they, they weren't scared that Tottenham were going to get the ball and go the other end and score. So they they were coming forward with with no fear, and um, and and you, and you could see that. And they had chance after chance after chance. They were battering us. So, um, and then obviously Tanganga, he lost his head. He lost his head firstly against Zaha, and then he went in with that challenge, which showed his inexperience a little bit, and, and showed that there wasn't someone on that pitch who could, you know, bring the team together and, and calm them down and and um, and settle them. Um, once he he got sent off, that that was that. 
um, it was only a matter of time before we went one nil down and and end up losing the game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I blame Nuno um, for for not changing it up um, when it obviously was not working for us at all. I mean, what do you Definitely. think, Mr. K? Uh, Adam said there, Hill, like for like, was Sun, and then you've still got the two holding midfielders. We played three defensive midfielders, and it just gives the onus to Palace, doesn't it? Like, oh, we've got three defensive midfielders here. They're, they're scared of us. We can go and attack them. They're, they're scared of us. What do you think was the reasoning behind not a like for like change there with one player injured and then sticking with the same formation that has seen us three wins out of three? What, what do you think went through his mind there in, in terms of his. Uh, uh, formation well, basically, you got yourself there. a situation where, <clears throat> sorry, um, you got a situation where Nuno didn't look confident with who he had on the sub bench, or he didn't look confident deviating away from his original plan. With the players that were on the pitch, he knew what they could do, he knew what their limitations <clears throat> was. So, it, to a certain degree, he was confident with that, and he didn't want to go and change that. In any way, he wasn't feeling confident about it. If you feel confident about changing something, you'll do it, right? If you if you have an idea in your mind as a coach, you'll go for it. But he was in dilemma, and maybe it's the fact that he's just coming across our squad. Maybe he thinks he might get worse, and and basically maybe he looked at it and said, "Right, let's just survive. Let's just survive. We're getting battered." Um, and, and to a certain degree, that's what it looked like as well. It looked like we were battered. It looked like we were surrounded. It looked like it was only a matter of time before they were going to score their first goal, let alone their second and third. Mm. And mm. The, the second and third came out of the fact that, you know, um, Crystal Palace and Vieira decided to do substitutions. They decided to change it up a little bit, stick a bit more of a striking intent in the front. And I thought to myself, all right, fair enough. If they're attacking, and the first movement they did after the substitution, they got themselves a goal exactly with the person that was subbed on. He had a tactical plan. He knew where to be. He appeared there. The ball appeared there. He knocked in the back of the net. You know, that's pretty much training. Um, so that means that Palace has been training certain things, and we haven't. Um, Palace looked like they had options. It looked like we had no options. Um, we had players, but no options. They're the two different things. Just because we believe certain types of players can give us certain types of effects by being on the pitch doesn't necessarily mean that the coaching staff believe that that's able to happen, you know, uh, on a realistical basis. Um, why did he do it? Why he didn't do it? It's done. Um, I felt in many times we needed to survive. Forget about winning. We just need to survive. And I think that survival instinct right here, the battling instinct, needs to be felt by the team. They need to feel it and then do it and perform to it. Uh, we did it really well up until the time Tanganga got sent off. You know, we battled. And that's really what it was. It looked like a battle to me. You know, it was quite physical. It was quite aggressive. And um, <clears throat> I thought to myself that if they had some sort of someone to take control of the front, take, take control of the attacks, as Brad was saying earlier, it didn't look like there was that many people on the pitch that had any form of control over the pitch in terms of other players, like a leader or something. Uh, Hoiberg didn't show himself. Um, Hugo Lloris didn't show himself. In fact, Hugo Lloris probably kept quiet after the fact he got dire, like, you know, injured. Mm. Um, so the leaders on the pitch um, mm. came uh, as Brad was saying, you know, he probably got battered blue right here, um, playing for England against Poland. I mean, this is another situation which I talk about all the time, which is the team. I don't, I don't care. I personally think the team should like risk yellows and reds if your players are getting attacked. 
if one player is getting attacked, then your players need to step up. If 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 Kane was in the England squad and getting battered right yeah, what would the rest of the England squad do? Scratching themselves, looking in the mirror, you know, counting their millions, see what they're going to do for FIFA, see if their TikTok is going to touch their hat. Kane's not from that type of generation. Okay. So, so the way I look at it, all this hoo-ha in the newspapers and all the rest of it with Man City and all the rest of it is probably lowering Kane's stock, not just in front of the fans, us, not just in front of his teammates, but also internationally too. Um, so the way I look at it is that there's a few things wrong. We need to ride over them, not make too much noise about it and just go on to the next game. As far as Chelsea is concerned, our squad does not need anything to be up for it. But for the Palace game, there was a touch of complacency, and that was apparent and very, very clear. You know, the lethargic way that they were moving their bodies around. Palace was far more active, far more aggressive. Their pressing was far more getting results. So this idea that we can walk into any particular football match and automatically have the role to win is a load of crap. Mm. You know, Jose tried to tell us that last season. Poch tried to tell us that the se that two seasons before. And Nuno knows it as well. Um, this idea that any team has the right to go to any any grounds and just say, hey, we're going to win because we're that good. It, it, you don't have an automatic right to win anything in the Premier League. You deserve to win it if you put it on the pitch. Yeah. Right? Did we put it on the pitch? The answer is no. So did we deserve to win anything? The answer is no. Did Palace deserve to win it? Yes. Yeah, they weren't lucky. They weren't lucky. I mean, that's the thing about it. When we watched the game, when they did score that first <coughs> goal, they deserved that first goal. Because they were knocking on the door, bang, bang, bang. You know, that'd be our team right here. We'd, we'd say, well, we deserve that. And it's the same thing with this. They deserved it. Whether we had a sending off or not, didn't have a sending off. No. We didn't look like we were a side that was going to score a goal. No. Well, to be so, fair, we yeah, did. I, I accept the off, Well, there so you go, two it. shots on target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before the sending off, we hadn't even had, we had one shot. So, you know, so yeah, you're, <laughs> right. Right. you're right. So yeah. I, th I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's lick our wounds and move on. Um, a fan base, um, we had some fears. And what are those fears center around? People like Wings, people like Davis. We knew. We knew. We did not trust those two being on the pitch because we know the effect that they have on the rest of the team. So, you know, sometimes you pinpoint other players. But the only reason why other players are getting themselves into trouble is because those two do not know how to do their jobs properly. I'm sorry, but they don't. I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I will... 100% viewing audience out there. If Winks or Davis is playing any of those games, I'm not going to want to watch. Mm. I'm not going to watch the game. Simple as that. Don't bother calling me onto any shows right here if, if those two idiots are playing. It's that simple. I've declared it. I've showed, told everyone. If those two are playing, I'm just not going to do it to myself. I don't care if they're going to win the game 7-0. It doesn't matter to me. Those two have proved time and time again that they're liability on the rest of the players. Right? Winks does from passes. We've seen him do it time and time again. He does not know how to be in the right place at the right time right yet to take the pressure off the person who's got the ball. That's why Tanganga ended up getting himself, you know, uh, that foul in the first place. Because he had to run forward with the ball. Why is he running forward with the ball if you're a central defender? There should be someone in the that can take the ball off you. Make themselves appear in the race, not behind a player. How are you going to get ball, ball pass put someone if you're standing behind him? <sighs> It's it's simple stuff, but unfortunately, uh, on the field of battle, um, sometimes people are deers in headlights, and I think that's what, to a certain degree, Wink says, Mr. Safety Player won't ever do anything and won't ever risk anything. 
And Davis, he's just not good enough anymore. Um, he's done everything that he possibly can. He was he his his ten out of ten used to be six out of tens, right? So solid six man. Um, no, he's gone down to a four now. So there's no there's no point putting him on the pitch. We need an alternative choice. The question is, guys, who can you put in Davis's position when we need someone like that? Well, I mean, Who's if our backup? Tanganga hadn't been sent off, he wouldn't have ever come on, would he? But then he's got experience. You've seen defenders all over the Premier League and Europe and World Cup. Euro, sorry, hands behind their back when a cross comes in and then he's waving to someone in the crowd. Mm. I, I, he should know better about that, but I, I just don't understand that. But I mean, uh, Mr K touched on it, Brad, uh, the complacency. I mean, do you think we took Palace too lightly? I think the whole injury with Dyer was, that was an easy pass, that. I think it was just lack of concentration and generally that lack of concentration comes from, oh, we've won this, we've just turned up, we'll win this. You know, I think we did take Palace them without scoring a goal, us without conceding a goal. And do you think we took them too lightly and thought we'd uh, already won the game before? I think we definitely, yeah, we definitely yeah. did. But I, I think it's been a strange week all round. I mean, Nuno's press conferences was pretty weird. You know, he, he I mean, he, all right, like most managers, he avoids questions, but he was saying the same thing. They're asking, oh, what about, do you talk to, don't, not about it, I talk to all the players. You know, uh, he's saying, so, oh, they're all, you know, they're, they're all doing this. They should all, you know, and then, it's just a really, really weird week. And I, I can't give the excuse that they're all on international duty because not all of them were. No. But they, they, not only did they, they didn't seem to, uh, like in all of the games so far, they've all been on that pitch supporting each other, as Mr. K was saying, helping each other out. They seem to disappear. I mean, even players like Hoiberg seemed to be quite, quite distant. It was, it was a really, really weird performance. And, and yeah, they d definitely took Palace lightly, but. But it didn't really. It was like they were all on, all on drugs or something. It's just really, really weird. <laughs> it's like they're all tripping, going, "Oh, look at the sky, it's so nice," you know. Well, they could have done with a bit of speed, couldn't they? Yeah, well, yeah, that exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it just really insipid. And yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not a huge stats fan. I have to say that. But the stats were absolutely appalling. Mm. I mean, you know, eighteen shots to two. You know, I mean, it's like, hang on a minute, you know, that's that's, that's rubbish. I don't. I think Spurs, that's the the least number of shots they've had in about five or six years or something. Yeah. Anything I will say is, is, is what we've been saying about getting back, you know, moving on, is that it's still a transitional season for me. It's still going to be Nuno getting to know the players that he can trust and who he can't trust. It's the players getting to know that they can trust or not trust Nuno. It's them getting used to his tactics. <clears throat> you know, knowing that maybe he can make a change, uh, you know, and be confident in that change. This all takes time. And and I think this season, I, you know, at the start of the season, I, I predicted the best we could do is six. A, a cup's a possibility because cup's always in, it, you always have a, a lot of luck in cups. About, you know, you might, who you draw in the next round and, two big teams drawing each other and knocking one of them out, that sort of thing. So you, you do get lucky in cups. So that, that's always, a, that's still a possibility, but, but certainly the league, you know, you just got to look at, well, what teams are better than us? And there's, you know, certainly five teams that are better than us at the moment. So it's a transitional season. Uh, I don't like bringing up Poch because everyone does, but I looked at his first season and we had the same, you know, the same sort of thing. I think the, the famous Villa game where Kane scored that winner, he was fearing the sack. You know, so that was what October, November. So we're not that far away from October, November now. So I think that 
It's still going to be a transitional season. Uh, I've got a bit more confidence now recruiting. Uh, got January transfer window to come. And then next season, uh, you know, if we can get some other players in and also address the, the, the elephant in the room is the, you know, lack of cover for Kane and the lack of replacing Ericsson, which has been going on for years and years and years. Uh, yeah, so if you can do that, and then, then maybe in the following seasons, I'm, I'm sort of quite quite optimistic. I mean, he has only got a two-year contract. It doesn't fill you with a huge amount of confidence where most managers get about three or four. <laughs> but, I mean, Ad, we've got a comment here, uh, Born to Lose 73. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, Adam, we play with a handbrake on, and it's a hangover from the Jose era. We should be way braver, but perhaps we have to employ a safety-first approach because we simply don't have the right players. I mean, that links to what Mr. K was saying with Winks uh, and, and Davies. I mean, do you think mm. it's kind of a hangover from the Jose era and they're kind of so used to playing in that negative way and it's going to take a little bit of time? But, you know, uh, Nuno's not exactly like Sir Alex Ferguson, is he? Bomb forward and score more. Or Kevin Keegan will score more than you. Mm. I mean... Mm. But yeah, I think we I mean, didn't we didn't employ um, the right tactics. No. no. Yeah, uh, but again, I, I mean, I, I don't think um, we we took Palace lightly. I don't I don't think any Premier League team is going to take um, any other Premier League team lightly because anyone can beat anyone on their day. Um, I just think Palace were better and they're more up for it, um, and the players we had on the pitch just weren't up for it, and it was just a just a bad day. For, for Tottenham, um, I agree with that with with um, Mr K's um, analysis of Harry um, Harry Winks. I don't think he's good enough. Whenever he got the ball, <clears throat> he, he would give it away, make bad decisions, and it just didn't help um, at all. Um, we, we were sloppy in possession. I, I just think Palace were were, were better than us on the day, um, and they're more up for it, <clears throat> and 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 it and it showed. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. Mr. K, we've obviously got Dyer injured. I don't know when Ro, uh, oh. uh, Romero and Sanchez will be coming back. They're isolating. We've got Sun, Bergvine potentially injured. And for me, that was the real big one. We'll come to that a bit. With no Sun and Bergvine, we seem to sap all of our energy out, certainly over defence. I mean, have we got an injury crisis going on? Or, or being that the fact that Romero and Sanchez will be back, hopefully for It's Chelsea, sort of like a semi injury yeah. crisis because if somebody's not available to be picked they're normally injured or something right or they're suspended yeah. and pretty much that's that's the type of problem we've got right now where half the players that we're looking at are injured and the other half right yes are suspended so the more or less is in the same boat you know we need time to recover we need time to get fit and ready and then they need to be like able to play as well uh, as well as nurse their injuries but it's the players that didn't get injured but are suspended there's there's some emotional turmoil going inside their head. They've been called out in many places. Many people would like to blame it on the players, even though it's got nothing whatsoever to do with them. Let's face it, you, you, you play for Argentina against Brazil. You don't have a choice. You've got, you got millions and millions of people out there, right? That will absolutely be banged for your blood if you decide, oh, no, I can't turn up and leave Spurs. Who the hell is Spurs? Mm. Like, you know, they're Real Madrid. Are they Barcelona? Are they, are, they, are they in the final of some Champions League? Well, we used to be. That's the type of team we were. Or we were just lucky to maybe have got there. Um, are we the pedigree of team that is like that? And the answer is no. When did we suddenly become so picky that we could turn around to our internationals and say, no, you shouldn't go? We've never done that. One of the big teams, I mean, when I say big teams, I'm talking about like, you know, Manchester United and, 
you know, Man City would do things like that, where all their stars are internationals and they're all important for the national teams. And that if they go out there, there's a good chance they're going to get injured by the time they come back. And, you know, Man City might be going for a quadruple or something. Um, we're not going for a quadruple. Seriously, and by the looks of it, we're not going for any cup whatsoever. It looks like we're just going to go for a transitionary period in the first half of this season, um, purely just to find out how the team works. Who can be played, who can't be played, who can be relied upon in a particular situation, who cannot be re relied upon in a situation. We as fans, we've seen it year in, year out. We know who we can't rely upon. Unfortunately, that this coach, every coach, every coach, they're going to have to come in and they're going to have to start from zero and start all over again. I mean, let's face it. If Nuno came in and listened to any of us from the moment he came in, he wouldn't have played Dyer and Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he wouldn't have done. So, therefore, it's kind of like we, we have to trust their approach. They have to feel it out. And, <clears throat> you know, they felt out Winks and Davis, and probably Winks and Davis said a whole lot of shit outside the game. You know, yes, boss, we're going to do this. Yes, boss, we're all that. Yeah, 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 head and shoulders. Um, no. Um have I lost a sense of belief? Uh, no, these boys didn't aspire any belief in me in the first place. Am I disappointed with Nuno? Uh, honeymoon's over, mate. Yeah. From now on, you do anything. Guess what? The fans are on your back. Mm. Yeah, if you you don't know what it feels like to have the Spurs fans on your back, you have no idea <laughs> what it feels like because it's the most lonely feeling in the world. When the fans get on your back, it's the time when you can't connect with the players. So not only can you not connect with the dressing room, but also the fan base you can't connect with either. And that type of pressure, how will it how will it reflect on you know the psychology of uh, Nuno? We all saw how Nuno handled. We all saw how Jose handled it. It wasn't pretty, no. right? Uh, Nuno's not like that. Nuno seems to be the opposite. The more upset he gets, the less he says. I think that is actually a psychological <laughs> trait there. I think the more well, angry he gets, the less he wants be, to say. No, but that's what he did, even at the end. I mean, at the end, you can see that. Look, look, listen, listen. Okay, I'm a bit, I'm a bit of a talkative person if I need to be, right? Yeah. No. So if I was the coach, <laughs> if I was the coach and I was on the sideline, we've got five minutes to go. I wouldn't be sitting in the dugout with my hand in my hand, with my hand in my mouth like this. No. I'd be out there, animated. Way. I'd be throwing everything. You know, bottles of water, you know, <laughs> players. I'll grab Winks and say, get out there. Tell that guy to do this. Um, He didn't do that. No. He didn't do that. Way. He looked like a That's deer in the headlights. Players and managers, isn't it? A bit of passion, a bit of desire, a bit of uh, uh, determination. He, I think he's normally like that, though. He just wasn't like that then. I think he was in shock and awe. I, I got a story, actually, going back to Australian rules football. And we had a coach, the team I used to support in Australia, called Daryl Hicks, and we were getting thrashed one day, and Daryl Hicks just stood in front of the dugout, in front of everybody, so everyone's abusing him and having a go, and everyone's like, why, why is he standing there taking all this abuse? And he actually said after the game, he said we were playing so badly, he said I had to give the fans something to vent their anger on, so I, I literally <laughs> stood in front of them to, so they had something to vent their anger on, but yeah, Nuno was, yeah, it's yeah, I mean, I'm like you, Mr. Carby, he's like, come on, for God's sake, this is my job on the line here, you know, so, you know. I'd have run on the pitch and punched a couple of them. <laughs> I, I don't think it's just, I don't think it's a job as such. Nuno promised us at the beginning two things. Mm -hmm. One is that he'd understood the motto of the club right here, yeah. to dare is to do, which meant that he was trying to connect with the fans. The second thing he said, it was we need to bring pride back. 
Mm. You know, you want to bring pride. Why are you sticking wicks on the pitch? <laughs> you want to talk about pride? Well, forget. I mean, Davis. Okay, okay. Bless Davis. You know, when he does go on the pitch, he does definitely look like he's trying. It just, you know, it's like Welbeck to a certain degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're trying, but just please stop trying. You're just looking like an idiot. Um, so whatever abilities that they had, whatever type of tricks that they could employ that could click together that would enable them to be able to perform at Premier League level, Premier League level, the athletic part of that is no longer there anymore. So those so-called, you know, uh, tactics of being able to like play in the Premier League, they, uh, people like Davis can't use anymore. They just don't have the athletic nature anymore. He's half a yard too slow. When he's half a yard too slow, he's going to get there too slow. He's going to react in the wrong way. He's going to be desperate. He's going to do desperate things. Ah, you stick your hand out. That's pretty much what he did. Stuck his hand out. It's a desperate move. If you're confident, right? Yeah, and you know what you're doing, and you're physically, athletically able, you're going to have your hands behind your back, and you're going to be like a Tarzan. Then go on, then try to get past me. You know. That's how you do it. You weave. He didn't do none of that crap. He was too, no. too much like cut out cardboard, really. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm... it is what it is. Bless the players for trying. Um, we did see fight. Uh, we didn't see much creativity. Um, so realistically, the team that we were watching, uh, they were a struggling team. And um, we saw them struggle, 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 struggle until something eventually had to give. Yeah, I mean... You know, something had to give. And it gave. I... I blame Nuno for this uh, uh, game, Brad. You know this. I was uh, <laughs> fairly angry on Eugene's uh, channel yesterday uh, after watching Match of the Day 2 in his press conference. Uh, Born to Lose has said pretty much the same. It's a good time to play us. We were hit hard by injuries and players in quarantine, but we had enough to get something from the game with the right tactics employed. It's on mm -hmm. Nuno. So, I mean, Mr. K said there, uh, he'll have the, the honeymoon is well and truly over. He'll have... Um, Spurs fans on his back. I mean, that is over because of his errors after errors. And, you know, I, I, I'm not so upset about the team he picked because, you know, man, there's been a hundred managers before. There'll be a hundred managers since you make the wrong decision. It's about what how you react to that. And mm -hmm. I mean, half time is a perfect chance, wasn't it? Bring, change <clears> it up and then say that half doesn't matter. It's nil nil. That doesn't matter. It's a 45 minute game now. And then fire them up that way. Uh, but, what really, really irked me, and you know this because I said it yesterday, is that uh, after the game he said that we lacked creativity. He's made two subs in the whole game when you're allowed three. They were all forced upon him. He's got Undumbele and Hill on the bench. Whether he doesn't trust them, like Mr K says, you're 1-0 down, 2-0 down, a man down. You've got to change something. You can't just go and um, sit down and die like that and go out with a whimper. I mean, and, you know, like Mr. K says, um, look, no, no, it's all back. Do you think his negative way of playing after what we saw with Mourinho last year isn't going to help him with that respect? He needs to attack us up a little bit, or he's going to get that kind of frustration, winning or losing. He, he no. needs, to, yeah, he needs. To, I mean, the thing about Nuno is that I keep reading about how his Valencia team were, were attacking and 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 took Serie A by uh, sorry, Spanish league by storm and. You know, stormed into the fourth or whatever it was. So he he obviously has some sort of tactical ability, and he obviously can play attacking football. Uh, but that, which that's why it makes Saturday more uh, more of a mystery. It's it's he he from what I'm led to believe, he can change things tactically. Maybe it was just I don't know. Maybe he just had one of those weeks, and you know, just as you say, deer in the headlights didn't react, and you know, maybe you know we all have bad days at work. We all have bad days doing stuff. And then we think, well, I can't do that again. And 
the following day we're we're back to normal. So, I mean, I'm I still I still believe that that he'll he'll get it right. I'm still I'm not sort of a new. I mean, it's crazy that Twitter had Luna out on it on on Saturday. That's just absolutely ludicrous. But yeah, I'm still confident that he he can achieve something. And I up until Saturday, I was quite happy with the way the team looked and the way it looked and it felt and you know the old family atmosphere was back in or it seemed to be back again. So in that respect, I, I've got no problems. It's just a really really weird couple of days and it culminated in in Saturday. But I mean, obviously, he's not going to be watching match of the day or, or watching these podcasts or or reading Twitter, so he's not going to. You know, but you, you think that he would, he must think, think, I mean, probably, maybe, maybe he realised uh, in that press conference, maybe he, he felt, oh, I made a real balls up of this one, but didn't want to say it. So I don't know. It, it's, See, yeah. this is the problem that we've got in it, Brad, that, that is he making the same mistake that Jose made, which mm. is that own up to your problems. Yeah. Own up to them. If you want to improve, you need to yeah. own up first. Yeah, if no, you don't own up, then how are you going to address them? The second thing is that if you want to stay remained and connected to the club in terms of the fan base, you can't insult our intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? You can't turn around to me and say that, you know, oh, well, we didn't have enough creativity when you've got two creative players on the sub. Like, what stopped you, mate? Like, yeah. we're sitting here with chains on our wrist and we can't do nothing. <laughs> yeah. And we're screaming out for it. You know, he's behind you. <laughs> it's like pantomime all over again. <laughs> you know, where's the levy? Bring on. Levy. Um, but the thing is, look, maybe we've seen, maybe we've seen little clips of some of the creative plays that we have, and we haven't seen some of the li liability side of their play. And then maybe with Nuno being, you know, a pragmatic type of uh, coach, Maybe he sees that and he thinks, all right, if I take that guy off and then put him on, what's he really going to bring to me that's better than what that guy is giving me? And he's thinking, okay, fair enough. He'll have a little bit more creativity, but he's also going to lose the ball. Also, the ball's going to go around him. Or, you know, he, he calculates like that. And then he thinks, all right, you know what? He, he doesn't bring enough to me to, to justify changing him. And because don't forget, Nuno uses that language. He uses that type of language. And the thing is, if you want to understand him, you have to start changing your language in order to adapt to his before you understand what he's talking about, right? Um, I think there was a couple of times, like, for example, um, he was talking about control. Mm. You know, we don't give a Muppets about control. We give a Muppets whether the ball gets in the back of the net. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we talk about the word. See, on the one hand, you want to use the word control. We want to use the word attempts. How many attempts did you do on goal? How many yeah. times did you put the opposition to the sword? Yeah. You know, did you make them feel uncomfortable? Did you shake them up a little bit? Did you make them think, oh, crikey, they might go around that corner there, might go around behind our fullbacks. We better tighten up a little bit. And the moment the opposition starts to do that, you've got them. That's how the Premier League works. It's not one straightforward attack. It's like, fidget here, they'll move, fidget there, they'll move. And it says swaying left and right is how the Premier League, it's the formations nowadays do this type of shiving left and right the ball it goes round goes round until there's a movement and opportunity someone makes it someone does a cross field pass bang bang in the goal and we didn't get that bang bang we didn't get that fluid passing um it wasn't clean enough it, the ball was either going too far for one of our players to get to too short inviting trouble or too hard which meant that there's no control when the ball does get there so there was a there was a whole problem going forward 
and no one no one on the pitch had the solution and this is where i think to a certain degree you need to take a risk because yeah. that's what it is you didn't take the risk you still lost 3-0 viera took a risk yeah and he got two extra goals out of it uh, and that, that's and that helped thing. his goal difference yeah. that, that's the thing as well like like if he'd have brought him uh, Hilon and, and Nolan Bele and we'd lost 3-0 then we wouldn't really be having this conversation we'd say well we tried it and it didn't work yeah. it's because you know and Chris would have been well not a happy man but Chris would have been a, a lot less angry than he was sort of thing, I, you know? I'm always a grumpy man it's just the <laughs> levels that depend on with how grumpy yeah. it is but... and, it, and it also if Nuno had said in the press conference yeah I think I got it wrong today uh, you know and uh, then the, the fans would say okay fair enough we move on but because he didn't, and that's what worries fans. Hang on a minute, didn't he see that? You know, everyone else that you talk to on 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 these podcasts or or read on Twitter are saying the same thing. You know, all the pundits, are, you know, the so-called ex-professionals are on Sky are all saying the same thing. And when Nuno doesn't admit that that's that he got it wrong, then you think, hang on, why is it, why is he not seeing that? I mean, I believe he he can't not have seen that. He must know. He's a professional manager. He's managed for God knows how many years in so many countries. He must know that I should, I could have brought on and maybe should have brought on London Ballet or or Brian Hill. At, certainly at one nil down because you got a score. And and you know he must know that surely. Mm. I mean, we've got another comment here. Uh, Sadly for Nuno, next two Prem games are the one, the ones that Spurs fans want to see the players mm. give everything and not dare lose or capitulate weekly. The pressure is now well and truly on. I mean, Adam, with uh, what Brad and Mr. K have said there with the pressures on him and the weird press conferences, mm. I mean, do you think there'll be a change in mentality? Not mentality, but do you think it'll be a like go and attack a bit more? I mean, <laughs> if we only have two shots on target again and Chelsea have 17, we're losing that game. Yeah. And, the, yeah, the fact that the fans will not accept that, and certainly the way that we lose, and and I mean, can, can you imagine in that Champions League semi final against Ajax if we'd have played like that in that second half, and then we go and lose two nil or worse, mm. and just capitulate yeah. weekly? I mean, the, there's a way mm. to lose matches. Mm. I, I would much rather <coughs> lose four nil by trying to go for it than lose one nil by not laying a glove on them at all. But I mean, mm. do you think there'll be a change, Adam, in in, in his yeah. mentality and his approach for the so. Chelsea game? Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's it's a funny thing because he's just one manager of the month, and then here we are slagging him off. <laughs> <laughs> he, get, he, he, he gets he gets a result at Chelsea, he gets a result at Arsenal. He'll be back on top again. Yeah. And we'll all be loving harsh him. league, man. So, it's harsh league. Yeah, it's, it's harsh. <laughs> but it, it's, it's 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 no. I mean, it's obviously he had a bad day with, with the Crystal Palace yeah. game, but. I do think we just need to move on from that and see how they react against Chelsea yeah. and against Arsenal. And um, obviously, if, if if we get results against Chelsea and Arsenal, even if we get a draw against Chelsea and beat Arsenal, mm. he he'll be back on top, and um, and, and we'll, we'll be loving him again. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just it's it's just funny how how one really bad game changes everything and changes people's perspective on on um, on Nuno, but. Um, no, no, I think he deserves a stick really uh, for, for that game because it was a disaster um, from every point of view. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we don't see a repeat of that on, on Sunday, put it that way. I mean, Mr. K, we got Ven first before Chelsea. It's away from home, so it would have been better if it was at home because then the, some of the top players could have played that without the jet lag or travel. Um, 
Do you, do you Maybe, think many of the first team players that will play against Chelsea will play in that game, or do you think it'll be a kind of reserve, uh, not reserve, a um, uh, rest of the squad kind of game, and maybe one or two of the big hitters on the bench? I, I think I think we're gonna. Uh, it really depends. It really depends on the character of Nuno now. If he can smell really, really what's going on, he'll tuck everything at Ren. If you can would smell you, what's really you, going would you on. Want that when, the, when the, we've got Chelsea three, got no three choice. days later, or would you not? Got no choice. We tried to play this game before, and we, and it fell on our face, where we tried to you know have two squads, so to speak, you know, two different teams. <clears throat> I know the temptation for this, because you got recovery, and then you got game, hmm. and the intensity that you get in the Premier League, it, it really saps your energy. So therefore, you need people that are have got the reserves in their body to be able to perform at that level say when you get to around about the 40th minute of the first half or whether you get to the 75th minute of the second half you need to have players that have got that reserve energy that and and those are the two danger points from 38 minutes to 45 minutes from 75 minutes all the way to 90 these are the dangerous points why because fatigue sets in the brain's not thinking as clearly then momentum can take over Momentum is such a big thing. You could be a big top side with millions and millions of pounds worth of players. But if the opposition side has got momentum at any given moment, all of a sudden you're playing against a bunch of people. They're all acting like Messi. You know, they're all acting like Cristiano Ronaldo. All of a sudden, everything they do is perfect. And that's what happens when you're chasing a game. That's what it feels like. It feels like everything's happening right for them, but not happening right for you. It's because they've gained the momentum. They've got the upper hand. There's a collective uh, confidence in the whole team. And that's why I didn't like Winks and Davis being in the team, because whenever they're in the team, I don't see nothing collective amongst the team. The team doesn't come together as one unit. And I think that's one thing that we've all been pleased to see under Nuno in the, in the previous three games, was that unity, the team acting together as one, attacking, defending as one, acting as one in the transitions as well. As if we've got a game plan or we're progressive. We didn't see that um, the moment the moment we had to make substitutions and Tanganga was off, we no longer had that unity anymore from the team. Um, we as fans, we're never going to get an apology from this board. We're never going to get an apology from the manager. And for crying out loud, we're never going to get an apology from a player unless they're leaving us. Hmm. Um, you know, they go to another place, then they sit down and they think about it and think, you know what? I wasn't right. I can tell the fans I wasn't right. I made mistakes. <clears throat> we don't, we're not going to get, uh, we'd like to get it now, but we're not going to. Because unfortunately, the way the fan base is right here is like, right, like Brad said, like Adam said, there, there, there's Nuno out, right? Already chance on social media. So the way some people see it is if they admit their mistakes, then it gives that type of thing more fuel. And, it, and, and I don't think that's the case because I think Spurs isn't like that. I think we're a club that doesn't mind redemption. But we want to see it from the player. I mean, the classic example is Sissoko. <clears throat> when he came into the club, he did pretty much everything that he could possibly do wrong. He, he looked like he was two left pegs. But he stuck with it. He put his hand up and said, you know what? I'm not good enough at this particular moment. And it's nothing to do with anyone else. It's me. 
He then worked hard, struggled, and then the coach obviously is keeping him, giving him opportunities, gives him the opportunities. He then performs hard for us. And then he becomes endeared into our hearts mm -hmm. because we see him go from there, go to there without the arrogant attitude. Obviously, the fiasco of what happened in the last few months right here is, is a fiasco. And I think that's, I think once the fan base in, the, in about six months to a year realizes, they'll all realize that they were wrong to think in any way badly of Sissoko because mm -hmm. he genuinely was one of the good guys in our, in our dressing room. You know, I can clearly see the Winks and Davis effect. So I can see where some of the poisonous elements were that were creating disjointy. Um, what it is, as players, you need to back each other up as professionals. But the problem is, if there's competition for places, then you're going to get some nasty-ass characters that we seem to have in this club right here who don't mind tripping someone over. right? And I think, to a certain degree, those type of naughty games um, is what divides the dressing room. So I think if we can get rid of... And, and the only reason why those type of things... If you're a professional, you're top of your game. You don't need to play no games whatsoever. You let your talking be done on the pitch. You let your talking be done on the training ground. Okay? But when you don't have that, when you think all of a sudden that you deserve this and you deserve that, that's where complacency comes in. And in the Premier League, there is no deserve. Every week you have to work it. Every week you work hard, you're a hero. If you don't work hard for one week, just one week, all of a sudden you go from hero to zero. It's very simple in the Premier League, right? There's no hiding. It's like a fire. You're doing a baptism of fire. <clears throat> That's why we love those players that are pure, that they've put it through and you can see them go through the fire. And even if they've got accusations against them, you can see them riding over it. Uh, the Cinderella's of this world, um, you know, they're waiting for their magic frog to come along. Right, and I think I think Winx's magic front jumped into a taxi. I think Winx needs to get into the back of that taxi, and I think they all need to set off into the sunset, romantically have a rava after. I think that can happen. The fan base can calm down a bit, but if not, then the fan base is going to look for something to vent his anger out onto, and Winx does not present himself enough of a case for them to get anger because there's still bare people out there that seem to love his hairstyle still, um, and they'll carry on defending him. I personally think that basically he must be some sort of secret levy love child, and behind the scenes the media has been manipulated to give him a, a you know a nice look all the time. Um, but there has to be a reason why. I think also being one of our homegrown players is a bit hard to like bash him so much. Yeah, um, but yeah, personally, well, I think it's even worse that if you are a homegrown player and that's the attitude that you've got. No, no. Yeah. Um, anyway, we've got to move on. We've got to move on. I That's do quite I like Winks. I think he's, he's suffered a massive confidence shattering, <coughs> but he, he's been given chance after chance, really, and I think he yeah. needs to move away, not just for us, but for himself, really, which is a shame, but, I mean, he's been given his chances, and he, uh, most notably against, against Pacos, one of the older heads there, and he didn't do anything, but one of the young players, um, Brad Tanganga and his red card, I mean, like Adam said, he is young. Do you, do you think, A, it could be a good thing because he'll learn that lesson very quickly? I, I I thought as soon as the first one happened, he should have been taken off because you know that any kind of challenge he makes that is mistimed, you're off. And he was lucky not to go off in that one because some angles you saw him push Zaha mm. in the throat and then some angles you saw Zaha push him in the throat. So I do think uh, whatever card Tanganga got was what Zaha. No, I think, but you know I think he's going off. But uh, and then set do you think so yeah, so A, do you think that's quite a good thing because he'll learn that quickly? And secondly, do you think he'll play against Wren? Because if that was me, I'd part of the problem with Sanchez, I think, last season was that and, and the defence, as soon as they made a mistake, get out of my team, don't even come talk yeah. to me. 
So do you think, being that he's young, he's made a mistake, you're still my guy. I mean, you know, you don't have to say, well, because you can't play against Chelsea. But I, do you think I, it will show a bit of um, confidence I, for him? I was, I was watching... I was watching Alistair Gold yesterday, as, as maybe we have as well, and, and he said he had an interview with with Tanganga uh, last season, and he said he's the most placid person you'll ever meet, and he said to see him like that was like whoa, and I think yeah, I mean I'm hoping I hope he does learn from it. I mean whether whether I think he will or not is not 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 the problem. It's uh, he, he's got to learn from it. Uh, I'm not so sure that. It was five minutes between the red card, uh, between the yellow card and the, the second yellow. Whether that's enough time for Nuno to sort of think, take him off, I don't. I certainly didn't think it, it wasn't my instinct watching the game. Get him off, get him off. There should have been some one of the other players, one of the older players, someone like Kane going up to him or Lloris going up to a Hoiber and say, "Look, calm it down, calm it down." You know, in the next tackle, if you get involved in a heavy tackle, you, you're going to be off this pitch. So just, just call it. But he didn't, and I, yeah, it's adrenaline. The adrenaline was still there. He was still uptight. We probably were watching it. I mean, I was calling Zahar all the things under the sun, you know, and you know. So the adrenaline's still there. You're still angry. You're still angry. You're still angry. And he didn't. Unfortunately for him, he didn't have time to to calm down and get that sort of level head, and then play the rest of the game. The first chance he got at a tackle, and where you must think he's thinking, I've got to make this tackle, you know. Uh, and, and he did, and he he, he tried, and he, he 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 misjudged it and mistimed it. And although at the time I thought it was harsh, no, I, I now I've seen it back, and no, it wasn't harsh. It was a, a second yellow, and he just knew as soon as that tackle went in. Yeah, the crowd are all on top of it. Yeah, of course they are, but but no, it was definitely a second yellow, and he was definitely off. But mm-hmm. I think it's a, a, an adrenaline thing. And, and again, he's 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 young. Uh, he's he's relatively new in the Premiership, uh, and he does. He has played well in big games. So I don't think it's it's not a, a sort of an attitude thing. It, it's yeah, I, yeah. I think it's just a heat of the moment thing. Uh, we all get it, you know. Uh, you should see you should see my rubbish bin. It's got dents in it where I've kicked it because I've dropped something on the floor, you know. <laughs> so you know, and I'm I'm a really placid person, sort of, you know. Your, your so, rubbish yeah. bin would say completely differently, Brad. Your rubbish bin would say mm-hmm. you're like <laughs> Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, you know, oh, Matthew sees the red mist again, you know, sort of. But, but yeah, you know, and yeah, I, I, I can react like that. Not not against people, I have to say, but against inanimate objects that don't fight back. Yeah, I can. But but yeah, so that was that anger was there, the red mist. And unfortunately, the first chance he had to do a tackle was very shortly after the first in- incident. And uh, yeah, and then and then you know the rest is history. But I'd certainly play him against Rens, and I would certainly wouldn't say you're out of my team now because you did that. Uh, you can't really, you, you couldn't possibly say he lost the game for Tottenham because oh no, yeah, it was just it was just one of the many things that happened that day. You know, apart from the fact that we played rubbish, but you know the Dyer being injured and and that sort of thing, and and Davis. Uh, well, actually, Davis was waving at the linesman because if you notice, the linesman waved right back at him. So, you know, that, that explains the penalty. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so I, I, I would play him against Rens. I mean, he's obviously yeah. suspended against Chelsea, I think, because yeah. it's just two yellows, there's only one game, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. so, uh, yeah, so, so you have to play him against Rens. Yeah. And I guess you'd have to play Rodon because Rodon, depending on uh, Sanchez and uh, Romero, Rodon might be needed on Sunday as well. So, so I think you'd have to go with that defensive pairing. Yeah, I mean, mm. just quickly, another uh, born to lose comment here. 
I never really thought about it. Momentum is everything. Look at how the international break derailed mm. and hobbled us in various ways. Believe that if we had wow. Palace the following week after Watford, we would have beaten them. I, I, I never really thought about that, but I got to show you a tweet. I got to show you a tweet I saw today. <laughs> keep, keep talking. I've, I've oh, got to find okay. it. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 Brad's mentioned uh, Road on there, Adam, and another new guy, mm. um, uh, Royal Emerson Royal. Mm. Oh. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, yeah, I mean, so two, true. Two, two, yeah, two players there. I mean, Zaha, I can't stand. He whines about absolutely oh, everything. If, yeah. he, if, he, yeah. if he took that as a compliment, like Jack Grealish, Aiden Hazard, Son, mm. and all these players did, he'd be a far, far better player because he wouldn't let it go to his head and get frustrated yeah. and then he'd be out of play mm. for like teams like Man United. But he whines about yeah. absolutely everything despite his obvious talent. Um, but he was up against Emerson who he beat him a few times. Emerson did quite well in other times. It seemed like a real good battle and mm. it didn't look like Emerson shied away from it. Rode on his first game of the season for us. I thought he did mm. all right. Like Brad said, I thought the defence <clears> played <throat> quite well considering how under pressure they were until obviously yeah. the penalty and then we Pitchlade, but mm. those two in particular, Rodon and, and um, Royal, how, how do you think they did? And uh, you know, will they play a big part this season? Obviously, Tanganga and Royal, it looks like when everyone's fit, are the right back options. Um, mm. so yeah, um, battle between them, but how, how do you think those two guys did? Yeah, I mean, what, what a first, what an introduction to the Premier League first game against Wilfred Zaha. I mean, <laughs> you know. He probably thought, what, what on earth is going on here? What, what have I got myself in, in, in for? But, um, yeah, um, Zaha did get the better of him a few times. Um, but you, you can't really blame him. Um, Zaha, I mean, Tottenham, you know, uh, invited pressure. They were sloppy in, in possession, which um, uh, Crystal Palace had all, all, all the possession, really. And, and, and Zaha had a free reign to, to run at Emerson Royal all game. Um, you know, you've got to be a special defender to to really cope with that. I think um, it's, it's a very difficult task for for him, uh, for, for especially being his, his, his debut. Um, Rodon, yeah, he. I mean, he did well it, coming on. Um, again, it was difficult with all, all the pressure um, that, that they had to absorb, and and, and um, uh, you know, Tottenham were getting battered. Really, Crystal Palace were were coming at them at will. But um, in terms of the future, I, I do think they're, they're two players for the future. Um, I think Emerson will, 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 will play a, a, a big part at Spurs um, and, and Rodon as well. Um, how old is Rodon? He's, he's, he's only young, isn't he? Um, 22, maybe. Maybe 22. 22. I think 22. But... Yeah. Yeah, he's one for the future. Um, I, I mean, yes, with Tanganga, um, again, he's he's obviously one for the future. He's, he's a great talent, but um, yeah, with that game, a bit more bloody subtle about the first one. You, if you want to foul someone, foul them. Don't try out yeah. for WWE in front of the cameras. <laughs> That's it. He, he lost himself. He lost himself in that game, and he he will come away from that very very frustrated with himself that he let that happen. And um, it's it's just yeah, it's a learning curve, and he will learn from it. Um, he's he's not a stupid person you know he's an intelligent guy he will learn from that and 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 i guess nuno will probably pull into one side and said look you lost your head in that game but but learn from it 
and he will. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Spurs have got you know a few players for the future. Um, this is going to be a transition season, but but I hope that these these players do grow and 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 become you know really good players in the future, which I think they will yeah. definitely. Yeah. What I really liked about Emerson, there was a point in the second half before the sending off, Mr. K, that uh, he kind of shook Zaha's hand and seemed to relish the challenge of against him rather than shying away and hiding. I like that. It was a kind of battling, yeah. kind of smiley shake hand where, I mean, you've mentioned a few players. We've, we've got so many players who kind of hide in big moments. And, and it was nice to see someone who, well, you know, it's going to be tough, but fine, I'm up for that. So how, how do you think he did and how do you think he'll do this season for Emerson. Sorry, which player was this again? Uh, Emerson. <laughs> Emerson. Right. Okay. Boy, now Emerson. Boy, right. Yeah. Boy. I thought it was a. I thought his debut was. A, I thought the game was all right for him. He didn't. He wasn't at the top. He wasn't at the bottom. Some of the tackles, like for example, on the right hand wing, really, they were his tackles to make. Tanganga shouldn't have been involved in some of those. So I think that Emerson was being played a little bit too far forward. And I think Adam was right. Maybe when when he said that. There was more defensive, uh, central defensive structure that was being placed, and it was the wing backs, uh, the four backs that had to become wing backs in order to create some sort of creativity and overload on the front. So the last line of defense was always going to be Tanganga. Um, but Emerson, I thought it was an okay sort of like introduction. Um, I've seen him do his debut at Bar Barcelona, Barcelona, and trust me, we did not want that. His debut at Barcelona was an absolute <laughs> mare. <laughs> Honestly, he got possessed like six times or something, right? Yeah, didn't do a single dribble going forward, and anytime he did pass the ball, he went to the opposition. So I think, thank God, it wasn't like Barcelona's debut that he did. But um, we have got ourselves a quality um, right back. Now the strange thing is, unfortunately, I don't want to say this, but I've got no choice because I've seen it with my eyes. <laughs> I've seen Tommy Asu play as well now in the Premier League. And um, that was against Norwich, you, though, who I think will get relegated and an Arsenal team at home. So, you know, be very no, interesting if you compare the yeah. two. But did you see the way he took that shot, though? Do you see the way Tommy Asu took that shot? Is that the volley uh, that just went over? Yeah, just but the way he took it, it's like, yeah. come on, to do that, it's like, anyway, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see what type of character, um, you know, this new player is. And I think to a certain degree, we've got more of a character in Emerson than we would have had with Tomiyasu. And I think to a certain degree, Tomiyasu is, you know, Arsenal's um, son, so to speak. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have ours. And then all the other teams are going to be out there trying to grab theirs as well. You know, we started a trend, apparently. <laughs> we got the best. We got the original. Um, but um, yes, it did show. I mean, I, I, that's one thing I love. You know, the first three weeks... Um, the first three matches, um, the reason why I think an awful lot of the Spurs fan base was on such a bit of a high and being feeling so confident is because we could see that these players that we now have, these young players that we have, the ones that are new ones coming in, they're not waiting to say hello. They're already here and saying, yeah, this is my club now. Galini is a classic example. I mean, that guy's come in and he's like, he's, 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 it looks like when you, when you look at him, it looks like he's been there for years. Mm. He's so comfortable with the place, right? Speaking and Romero, you, you Romero has come in, one, and you? sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt you. There, speak, speaking to you yesterday, you want Galini number one, don't you, uh, over Lloyd's? I, I think I think we have to transition that this season rather than wait for next season because 
confidence is everything confidence makes your body train a lot better it makes you that split second quicker you cannot have hesitation as a goalkeeper okay so we we need we need that confidence i mean he came into our club galini came into our club and as far as he's concerned he's the backup goalkeeper to Lloris, and he's in waiting to take over the problem is it's been two, three months since he came here, or rather one month, two months he's been here. And then Levy does the classic trick of trying to entice Hugo right here to extend his contract. <laughs> now, if you extend Hugo's contract, then the sign you're sending back towards Galini is, well, mate, you know, you might be thinking about after Christmas becoming our number one. Well, you may have to wait maybe a year, season, a season and a half. And the problem is, that, like I've, I've said this a few times, the way Levy does business sometimes, the way the board does business, they, they destroy the players' feeling that they are something that, that can become something. They give it to them at the beginning. Once you sign on the dotted line, after that, we're going to start treating like shit. Because that's all we wanted. We just wanted your signature. We wanted that power. Forget that little agreement we had in the bathroom, that gentleman's agreement. It doesn't exist. <coughs> um, <coughs> no gentleman here. Um, but uh, no, it is a positive feeling. You're starting to see people like Gil, for example, right? Yeah, I mean, he's not held back, has he? That boy has come in and he started showing all of us. He's not been shy about anything. He's not been shy about calling for the ball. He's been quite animated. And that's what we all love about it. Now we want to see him get a few results on the pitch so we can all endear him to the club. He's going to become one. Of, look, I'm telling you straight. Galini, Romero and Gil are going to become three of the most popular uh, players for Spurs in five years. Watch, in five years, you're going to look back and you say, wow, man. These three, you know, like the way Delhi Ali, the way Kane, uh, the way Dyer, um, <clears throat> they, they, they came and, and they formed themselves a central core of a team in, in our club. And I think that we've now got the makings of a new core coming in. And, you know, um, I'm hoping the people like Emerson and uh, Lo Celso will join that along with, with you know, Mora. So those there seems to be a contingency of players coming together and it's quite a lovely feeling that in the middle of this you've got people like dane scarlett you've got people like for example skips you know the the you and then you've got tanganga you've got our own homegrown players in there as well as um slightly semi-old legacy and new legacy coming in and it's encapsulating around our core um homegrown players, which will never, ever let the whole team forget, you know, when we're doing a derby, when something's important, when we need to back the manager, you know, uh, when we need to back the club, you know, they have a they have a pulse on there because they've grown up here and they can relay that into the rest of the dressing room. So I'm very, very positive. Honestly, I'm very, I know this result is absolute dog shit. Yeah. I would say dire shit, but unfortunately dire <coughs> I couldn't believe we wanted Dyer to come back. I mean, look, 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 look a viewing audience out there and yourselves included. This is a lesson to us. This is a lesson to us. Never write a player off that's willing to put it all out on the line on the pitch. Right? So even Davis, for example, right? Yeah. I don't want to write him off completely. Winks. Um, the reason why I didn't jump about it too much before was because I was thinking that maybe Winks, that Nuno might have the Nuno effect on Winks. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, um, no, that's not going to happen. It's best just not even to go there. Um, yes. Um, uh, look, guys, I, I thought it was a fantastic beginning of the season. 
I think this is a reminder that we haven't solved all our problems yet. Yeah, I mean, Brad, uh, uh, Mr. K mentioned uh, uh, Hill there. I can't believe he didn't start being that Sun and Bergwijn were injured. I, it seemed to like sap all our energy. And someone like that who's quick and, and, and wanting to get the ball and run at people would have at least given us some energy. I thought Lucas did what he could and he had a couple of moments, but he can't do that all himself. But I mean, I, I'm quite worried if Sun and Bergwijn are out injured for a fair amount of time. I mean, we don't have any energy and and, and, and certainly no goal threat. So, I mean, Mr. K said there he wants Galini, uh, the number one, and Hill will become a, a popular player. Do you think Hill will get some chances in the Premier League? Or do you think it's if we don't start playing well and creating chances, then it's going to be more luck than judgment? Or do you think Nuno will give him some chances and then it's up to him to take it? I, I, I hope he does get a chance because I think, mm. I think it comes down to... Paratici, or how he said his name, that uh, he's been entrusted in bringing in players that uh, he thinks can fit in, as Mr. K was saying, and can fit in with the team and, and, and hit the ground running, so to speak. And to be fair, when we sign Hill uh, for a lot of money, when you think of it, it was 25 million plus Lamella. So, you know, that's, that's a fair bit. And that was a signing that came out of the blue. No one's really heard of him. I certainly didn't know much about him. So, yeah, I hope he does get a chance. I think if he'd have played on, on Saturday, then Palace certainly wouldn't have known a lot about him, or you wouldn't mm. have thought so, unless there is some, you know, guy who looks into all the stats and all the players. Uh, I think I think going back to the the collectiveness and, and everyone sort of protecting each other, we really missed Stephen Bergwijn on, on Saturday on that right-hand side. I think, I think he, he would have given... Yeah, he would have given some protection to to Emerson, I think, uh, by tracking back. And you wouldn't have had uh, just Emerson fighting Zahar on his own, which it seemed at the time. I think you'd have had Bergwin would have been in there. Much the same way as you saw Bergwin and, and Tanganga and, and that when Tango was playing right back, get into Grealish and and and, uh, and Sterling. Uh, but getting to your, back to your question, yeah, I think Brian Hill, he, he's, he's certainly... He certainly looked okay when I've seen him, admittedly against the fifth best team in Portugal. Uh, but, you know, you don't know until you try him. So, you know, I mean, he's, he, well, he's played in Olympic finals. He's played in, you know, for the Spanish under 20. I think he was the captain of the Spanish under 21 yeah, team. Yeah, he's, he was, he's, he's been in international squads and that. So he's, he's obviously got some sort of pedigree. So, and I do like the way he moves the ball on quickly as well, which we were very, very ponderous on Saturday. And whenever I've seen Brian Hill played, he, he he gets the ball and he moves it on pretty quickly. So you can have that sort of uh, you know, quick attacking moment. So, yeah, I, I do hope he plays. But I think getting back to what Mr. K was saying about these players coming in and, and settling in straight away, I think we have to give a lot of credit to Paratici on that, that he's actually brought that into his recruiting as well. He's sort of That's one of the key factors into bringing players into a, into a squad, which, I, I again, going back to Potocino, uh, I think that was what he he had that as well that you bring players and you get rid of the players that don't fit in, which is what happened in that first season under, under Poch. And I think that's hopefully I think that's what's what's going to happen this, this season under under Nuno. Yeah, I mean Adam, uh, kind of wrap it up a little bit now. Uh, uh, we, we've mentioned how uh, Nuno was awful on on Saturday. I, I'm prepared to say it was a one-off. <laughs> I'm happy with that. You know. 
you've got to give the guy credit, like you said, manager of the month, now the worst manager in the world, doesn't happen like that. But, um, <laughs> Chelsea, we got then, but ignoring that for the second, Chelsea at the weekend, mm. do you think we'll bounce back in that? Obviously, like Mr K said, the players don't need any motivation. The fans I'm expecting or and very much hoping I will be, and <laughs> Brian Daigle's there as well, so he'll be loud, but we directed at uh, Daniel <laughs> Levy rather than potentially mm. the players. But, I mean, you got Kane there. You got even if he's not playing Dyer in the dressing room, Lovis. They know what it means to us fans and the Arsenal game going forward. So, do you see a bounce mm. back in these two games, and and not just in terms of performance, but result as well? I mean, Chelsea's going to be very difficult. <clears throat> a bit of fire at the moment, but yeah, in terms of performance, um, I, I think we'll react and we'll bounce back. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give a reaction and, and, and put in a good performance. I want, you know, I want to see a, a similar performance than we did against Man City, where you know everyone everyone put their their bodies on the line and um, everyone was was you know playing well and, and helping each other out as a team. Um, and, and they isolated the Man City players. You know, Grealish, Sterling. Um, they, they they didn't get a look in and. That's what we've got to do with these Chelsea players. We've got to get in their faces. We've got to stop them playing. We've got to close them down quickly. We've just got to be um, energetic the whole game and, and, and stop them playing and and, and, and frustrate them, really. And um, uh, that's what I hope we're going to do. If we, if we let Chelsea play, we're going to get battered. We'll get battered. Yeah. Especially with Lukaku at the moment. He's so sharp. It, we, 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 you know, it'll be three or four nil. Um, we, we've got to, we've got to do, uh, we've got to play similar than we did against Man City the first game of the season. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Mr. K, yeah, Mr. K, uh, how do you think will will we bounce back against Chelsea and impose a lot more of our will on the game than um, we did against Palace? Be a lot more aggressive and 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 press. I mean, there was no pressing at all against um, Palace. Uh, if you do that against Chelsea, like Adam says. We're going to be in it for a very long afternoon. So, do you see us bouncing back and 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 being a lot more in your face and a lot more competitive in that game? I think there generally is a bounce back when it comes to situations like this because we weren't a full squad. Mm. You know, Kane looked a bit battered and bruised, as, Matt, as Brad was saying. Um, Sonny wasn't on the pitch. Um, some some of our, our class act players have not been able to make it into the squad because of one reason or another, injury or suspension so realistically that what we saw was a performance that wasn't our best because it was never meant to be our best we're going to see people that are going to have to raise their game in that particular game and end up getting themselves yellow and red cards which is exactly what we saw um we then had to rely upon certain characters that we did not want to rely upon so yes the game against chelsea i believe is going to be totally different we hopefully nuna's got more options available to him he doesn't have to rely upon the players that he even he knows even he knows they're not good enough. Because let's face it, if he, if he thought they were good enough, he would be playing them a lot more. Okay? Yeah. See, I mean, when, when Ryan Mason came in, straight away, you know, there's certain players that became a feature of the team itself straight away. You know, regardless of her performances that we saw them do before. I, I, I don't think I don't think Nuno's like that. He hasn't shown it so far until just recently. And the two defeats that he's had, there's been certain players he's played together as a combination. And both times, there's been a capitulation and a defeat. Mm -hmm. So I think for a fact, Nuno is not that dumb, right? Yeah. <laughs> T 
to totally ignore that. His ego is not that big that he's going to overcome that in some fashion. So I believe that we're going to give the fight to Chelsea. We don't need to do it because we've got the players already in the squad that have already had a battle on the bridge. Okay? So, so we've broken the back of that. You know this thing about us being nice boys, right? Yeah? We've gone past that a few times now. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> sorry. See that? I'm not too, I'm not feeling so great today. So the kids have been like, you know, giving me loads of juice and I things like that. I appreciate you coming on when you don't feel so, <laughs> no, it's, uh, But it's a pleasure. But um, no, I, I believe the, the only issue I've got is what's the team they're going to play with against Ren? Because I know against Chelsea, got to, we have to play absolutely everyone that's strong enough. But the question is, what we're going to do against Wren? Uh, at the beginning of the season, we wanted to take the Conference League a little bit more seriously. Maybe look at it as an opportunity to get some sort of silverware. It's, it's not the pressure that we had of the Europa Cup, where you do need to be on your game. There are going to be some teams dropping down from the Champions League. You know, things like that. So we can understand where that gets a bit tricky. But with this one, I can't see any team that should beat us but then again they have so technically this is the league that this is the this is the competition which probably is going to fill me with the most amount of like well you know if we end up being kicked out of it it's a humiliation but then it'll make our life so much easier for the league <laughs> no no seriously I mean, Nuno won't be in that situation anymore where he's going to have to play certain players in different times and then mess up both of them well, the idea, right. yeah. the idea mean, was yeah, to play the second no. team, wasn't it? In, uh, the idea was to play the second team in, in the conference <laughs> league so you can save your first team players. But but we don't uh, have a second team, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That has, that has worked out. I mean, we, all, we all thought that, you know, they should. <coughs> I think last season, I think last season, when, when we started the season, it looked like we had a fantastic bench. Mm. And because we saw the bench, we said, hold on, these are the hallmarks of a team that's going for a title push. Mm. <laughs> you know, Galactico's coming back. So if you look at what's happening with Manchester United, it mm. looks like Oli's taking this season really seriously. Uh, the Glazers have been put under the cosh and they're trying to respond. And so far, they responded quite well. Um, um, now, in terms of our position, you know, are we trying to win the league? Yeah, only when I'm dreaming. Um, are we going to win a cup? Well, we could. Any team, any time, any season can go on something called a club run. As Born to Lose says, momentum is everything. And sometimes you have momentum within a game, and sometimes you have momentum within a season. Like Leicester had momentum within the season. Some of the games they won, they should not normally have won. But they had the momentum on their side, as if they were champions and rolling over teams, you know? Um, I think that's what we need to generate right now. So as much as we've had our shock and awe, we need to get over this doom and gloom feeling mm. and despair. That's not a healthy feeling, and we need to get away from those type of things, uh, yeah. those type of feelings that creep in. Because when they creep in, they make the fan base do weird things like Nuno out. <laughs> you know, that's despair, isn't it? That's giving up. Or that's rather, that's not giving the man the opportunity in the first place, and all you've been doing is holding your breath. Um, I believe that this journey needs to be enjoyed by everyone. And, um, you know, you don't make the mistake that I made of counting your chickens before they're hatched. 
I've done that this season. Well, I didn't kind of do it this season. I was just, we're never top of the league, so we were for two weeks, so I was happy about it. But last season when we were top in November, I was a planning bus parades and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I didn't make that mistake again, but yeah. I mean, yeah, Brad, uh, do you think it could be a kind of blessing in disguise that we've been humbled, for lack of a better word, and... Uh, well, we weren't at the races. We've got to be at the races against Chelsea. And it will fire well, the team up, and then we'll show controlled aggression, not not Dwayne Johnson aggression. And uh, yeah. then we'll we'll could, kind of could, be a bit more united, as it were. Because yeah, well, control control. Lesson in disguise when we see a reaction yeah, against Chelsea. Control control. For me, it was a film about Ian Curtis and Joy Division, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, they always say that it's how you react to bad results. And, well, Chelsea at home, he can't get any more sort of game to prove that. And I think that, yeah, I think we'll react if we can react. And and even, obviously, I'd, I'd, I'd love a win, uh, be pleased with a draw. But even if we were to lose, say, 1-0, but really put in and, 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 you know, their keeper played a blinder or whatever, you know, or their goal was offside or whatever it might be. At You're worried it's going to finish five-one. Well, that, that I mean, that'd be disaster. That'd be disaster. But I think if we, yeah, I think that uh, they they've got to. And I, I still, yeah, I'm still hopeful for this season. Not not so much we're going to win top four or win the league, but you know that it, we'll have a a decent season, have a few cup runs. It's such a shame, really, that the the game that we're playing on Thursday is probably the most difficult game in the in the whole of the uh, the, the league that we're in. So I think really we should really walk that. I personally would probably play a sort of a second team but have the big guns on the bench and just see how it goes and if it, if at half time it's not going well then we can bring on our big guns get the points or whatever it might be and and then go from there but uh yeah we'll have to uh yeah we just have to hope that uh that it's a a blip and uh what they say about something making you stronger <laughs> but just hope that that's true. And it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, just show them, just show them the Battle of the Bridge videos every every day up to the game. That must make Levy a Superman by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have to. I have to. Uh, we. I have to go actually because I've. Yeah, well, we're pretty much wrapped up anyway. Yeah, we we can't talk too much about Chelsea because then my uh, pod, my stream on Friday is pointless. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's been great having all three of you guys on, Mr. Cow. I appreciate you coming on when you're not feeling 100%. Uh, but just before you go, Brad, uh, where can people find you? You've got a YouTube channel coming out at some points. So yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not up and running. Yeah, it's up and running at the moment. I mean, my, my Twitter handle is at, at Brad Hotspur. Uh, I haven't actually even come up with a name for my my channel yet. It, it's really going to be just me playing my own songs on the guitar. Uh, I'm an average guitarist at best. Uh, I'm an average vocalist at best. I think the songs are reasonable. I think the lyrics are reasonable. I think they're they're, they're all right. I like them. Uh, so it's just just me just putting my stuff out on the on on YouTube, and people can have a look at it. And if they like it, great. If if not. You know, don't be too hard on me, please. <laughs> Maybe you could like tell a song and a story. Yeah. Well, you know, you once, there, once there was a levy, and the <laughs> levy was dry. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, Mr. K, uh, you you've got Talk to K. Your stream is on uh, Will Stewart's uh, YouTube. 
channel yeah, is that? Yeah, the Will Stewart's THFC Rants channel. I mean, that channel was specifically designed for people like me that needed therapy, <laughs> um, that needed to get, that needed to rant and rave and get the stuff out of their system um, somewhere. And that's basically what Will Stewart's THFC Rants channel was. And once I'd overcome that initial sort of rage and got it out of my system, um, I decided, what should I do next? And I thought, you know what? Let me run a show on there. Um, originally, it was Three Wise Men on Tuesday night. Then it became uh, Talk to Kay. It's very difficult to try to get other people on regularly together over the internet uh, on a given time and a given date on a regular basis. So I thought, let me simplify the formula. Call it Talk to Kay. And then even though it may have a regular structure of people turning up regularly, like, for example, Eugene um, Lockman, he's he's literally uh batman and robin sort of situation going on with that stream um but yeah it's it's all about you guys it's it's i don't have no so i don't try to talk too much about what's current affairs i generally tend to feel about what's currently you're feeling current feelings as opposed to current affairs talk to Kay. tuesday nights 11 o'clock gmt <laughs> Uh, Brad's Twitter handle, uh, Mr. K's Talk to K, and the uh, YouTube link and his Twitter handle there uh, will both be on the description. So check those out. Uh, Adam, uh, pleasure as always. You got? Twitter I don't have a. I haven't got anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're in the chat, ain't you, Adam? You're yeah, in the chat everywhere. Yeah. I don't have um, anything. Adam, I'm sure you're here, there, and everywhere in the chats in every one of these streams. So if you're going to find Adam Matthews, you're going to find him inside the chat. Guaranteed. <laughs> Hit him up. Well, Send him a like. You need to chat to him. You can come here on uh, Mondays because he's always on. Uh, just one message uh, before we go. A nice message. Uh, and, and born to lose 73 again. Spurs the ultimate confidence side when it's going well. will absolutely fly when doubt creeps in. Wheels completely come off. Let's hope Chelsea is the first part of that. And uh, <coughs> great show as always. Uh, thanks so much for watching and uh, getting involved. Uh, Brian Daigle. Uh, Ryan's hey. back in the UK, hopefully seeing him uh, at the ground along with a few others. Uh, and I'll be hearing Brian, I think, pretty much all the way through shouting at Levy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, be, uh, make for a good atmosphere. But yeah, we're about out of time now. Uh, can't talk too much about Chelsea, otherwise it basically invalidates the stream that I've got on Friday. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's hope we have a, a, a good run in that one and, and you know, hit the ground running in that one and really make a statement again after a bad statement. And this is just a blip and then we can go on um, and carry on and then forget about this whole debacle. But yeah, let's hope that <laughs> happens. Start with Ren on, when, on Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, yeah. Come on, you Spurs. You want you Spurs. Come on, you Come Spurs. On you Spurs. Thank you so much for watching, for everybody who participated in the live chat and added comments. Before you go, please make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Anybody who couldn't watch the live video, you can still catch us on YouTube. Add any comments, suggestions or questions to the comments section on the video. Anybody who's listened to the audio-only podcast, thank you so much for listening. Anybody who wants the audio-only podcast, you can get this wherever you get your podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you'll find all the information there. We'll be back soon. We're live Mondays, 8pm, Fridays, half 12, UK time. Until then, come on, you Spurs!